0: On organise le Runway Series Summit les 1, 2 et 3 juin en ligne et en anglais. C'est un break entre midi et 2h de l'après-midi et entre 17h30 et 19h de prise de recul sur la pure exécution afin de réfléchir aux fondamentaux du succès d'une startup ou d'une scale-up. 36 invités exceptionnels, VCs et founders que j'avais déjà reçus dans le podcast, reviennent pour 13 conférences transversales et structurantes. Effet unique, ce seront les VCs et les founders, elles et eux-mêmes, qui seront modératrices et modérateurs de ces conférences. Les sujets abordés par le rond d'entrepreneuriat, de dynamique d'équipe dirigeante, d'image de marque, de focus, de changement, du Remote de la data et de la créativité, de la diversité et de l'inclusion. Et on est vraiment ravi d'accueillir les partenaires de JFC, de Down, Capital, de Ring, d'Elaia, de Ventech, mais aussi de Caporn ou encore de Speed Invest, de New Fund, d'Axeléo, de Kima Ventures, de Point Nine. Si tu souhaites prendre ton billet, un accès pour assister aux 13 conférences, je t'invite à aller sur le site summit.renoiseries.co. À très vite. Hi, it's Raf. From April to May 2020, we had the idea to organize six immersive live talks with a VC about a specific topics such as product market fit, revenue models, founding teams, market sizing, hiring needs, how much to raise for a round. In a very comfortable format, uh, we invited a VC and welcomed three to five participants who asked all their questions directly to the VC who candidly Shared her insights and actionable pieces of advice. We then published the replay as a podcast, and it's a format that uh, participants loved as much as we did. So, AmaVC is back today with this exciting discussion about NFTs from the angle of a VC with Sia Ushang Nia, who is a VC and partner at SeedCamp in London, who has backed SoRare since its 2019 500,000 USD Press Seed round. Sawyer so just announced in 2021 a uh, USD 50 billion round with Benchmark and Accel. In this great episode with SIA, we talked about uh, consumer incentives for buying and collecting NFTs, uh, what has uh, yet to be developed in the NFT value chain, the opportunity for founders in the NFT space to think from day one, open platform and interconnection of layers to be built on top of their products, and we talked about the lessons by SIA from his investment in Sorare for investors investing in the NFT space, and a few more topics. Enjoy the episode! Okay, so now we are live! So thank you so much, Celia Ushang Nia. We have a great pleasure to welcome you today for this uh, very special AMA VC talk uh, that we are organizing about NFT and about uh, your conviction as a VC in the space. So it's going to be very interesting because the format is very, uh, let's say, freestyle today. The idea is not to have like a a schedule with a specific uh, thematics uh, that we're going to go through one by one. But uh, the idea is to have a a direct exchange with you. So everyone, please um, don't hesitate to ask all your questions. There are no stupid questions and there is no specific, let's say, flow about the thematics again. So um, whenever you have a question, just uh, raise your hand uh, through uh, the the Zoom uh, feature and then I will cue you and uh, I will tell you, okay, you are next, etc. So um, that's it. So thank you, Sia. Maybe you want to start with with a very brief uh, summary of your background, very brief. Um, when you started, uh, at a camp. Uh, I know the story already because you came on the podcast, but, uh, <laughs> I just, I just leave the floor to you a very brief, uh, summary of, uh, what you're doing as, at Sitcamp.
1: Thanks for having me Raf, and, uh, good to meet everyone. So uh, I'm Siago Changnia. I'm a partner at Seedcamp. I actually, uh, grew up in Switzerland, but it's now seven years that, uh, I'm in London with Seedcamp. I started at Seedcamp for an internship and, uh, I guess I was quite lucky with the timing and the internship also went pretty well because basically it was uh, right when we were uh, launching our third fund and uh, I had the chance to then stay with the team on the investment side. And uh, later when we raised our fourth fund in uh, late 2017 to join the partnership and we are now investing out of our fifth fund at SITCAMP. We are Uh, first Czech investor in European entrepreneurs in the software space that have global ambition. We've backed uh, now close to 400 companies, including the likes of uh, Revolut, TransferWise, UiPath, Hopin, and SoRare. And that brings us to the topic of today. So I had the the chance to uh, invest in SoRare back in uh, 2019, when Nico and Adrien, the two co-founders, came uh, to to pitch us what uh, was a pretty crazy idea back then with uh, quite a lot of risk, but uh, having looked at the crypto market on behalf of Seedcamp over the past three, four years, and I have to disclose that I'm nowhere an expert in crypto or NFT, but uh, just find the the space incredibly uh, intellectually stimulating and uh, uh, basically like spending a bit of time with uh, Adrian and Nico back then, uh, uh just like got me to realize that there was a very very interesting opportunity there and that uh, that was probably the right team to to build uh, something significant in the in the space of nfts and so the rest of it, the rest of it is history as we say uh basically like they've been like you know um going through through some ups and down in the uh, first year of product build but let's say that like the Past year has been uh, absolutely astonishing. Obviously, the market of uh, NFTs has also really take off, and uh, there's also other projects that are doing incredibly well. But uh, I believe that uh, sorer has uh, very much like innovated on uh, quite a few aspects of like their uh, just like value proposition in the space, and uh, we are hugely excited uh, to see how. Uh, not only so rare has grown, but also like all the opportunities in the space and uh, we're keen now. So uh, internally at Seedcamp, to, to potentially uh, invest in uh, more projects building around the NFT space.
0: Thank you so much, Sia, for the context. Uh, very uh, exciting to have you here, uh, given uh, what you've uh, experienced uh, since uh, starting as an intern at uh, Seedcamp. We've seen recently uh, quite a few announcements about uh, rounds, uh, in particular uh, with uh, A16Z as a lead investor. Uh, we had a few weeks back, uh, I think, Bitsky announcing a 19 million USD round. Uh, we saw OpenSea announcing maybe it was a 30 million USD round. I'm not sure about the amount. I think that's uh, in, in in that region. So we we, we kind of see. Um, Uh, a big momentum in terms of um, investment uh, and in terms of uh, vc attention on the nft space but i just don't want to talk uh, so much about a level of funding but i want to talk maybe about um, what nft is changing uh do we see a kind of a culture shift um, what is uh, what do you observe as an investor in terms of a uh, shift in culture uh, we, we understand that the nft might change uh, how we think about property how we think about ownership how we think about a transfer of property about uh, who has been uh, a previous owner of this and that uh, we are seeing uh, uh, collectibles like uh, uh, sneakers, we see art, obviously, um, but it's very, uh, let's say, um, th- there is a, a, a top layer that I just want to understand um, at what level in the culture of shift are we today uh, when talking about NFT, because uh, it, it's kind of touching many different aspects of uh, things we can have, we can collect, uh, we are talking about a house that people are buying just on an NFT basis. So those are 100% digital houses. So people might not understand why you would buy a a house that has just an existence as an NFT, but not a a direct connection to something that you can touch and that you can live in. So where are we in the culture shift uh, that uh, the NFT might be, uh, let's say, implying now?
1: So I think, Raf, it's still very early days. You know, I think uh, that uh, if you you go back to, uh... 2017, I mean, obviously with uh, the CryptoKitties gaining quite a bit of momentum back then, it uh, allowed quite a lot of people, including myself, to just like hear for the first time about the concept of NFTs and start to familiarize ourselves with what they are. Obviously, back then, you also had quite a few challenges, even from an infrastructure point of view, and some of those haven't been yet like solved actually around like just like the scalability of the Ethereum blockchain, and I mean, there are a lot of like, extremely smart people, obviously, working on like those topics. But I think that uh, when uh, crypto kitties really uh, got uh, momentum and hype, I mean, it, it did break like the, the Ethereum blockchain for for a bit. And so I think that uh, you know you needed like the infrastructure to progress. You needed like also just uh, the the like audience there. And I think that uh, right now. Uh, Just the number of people in 2021 that uh, do hold crypto and have like some level of uh, experience with like crypto assets is uh, like uh, tremendously higher than it was just two, three years ago. I think uh, I saw the other day that uh, close to 10 percent of like the U.S. population is actually owning like crypto in a way or another. So I think that uh, culturally it's still early days, but. the ecosystem has come a long way from the infrastructure point of view, from like, just like the uh, readiness of like folks for just like kind of engaging with like digital assets over the past three, four years. And uh, honestly, like right now, it's kind of like difficult to like, pinpoint uh, where like this whole like space will go because I think that as you were like mentioning, there's like so many opportunities there we're just like literally like scratching the surface of uh, what can be done. I think that uh, as uh, you alluded to, there are like obviously NFTs uh, of uh, purely digital assets, but we are also seeing more and more the bridge uh, and what I like to call like dynamic NFTs between like the real world and nfts and so to some extent that's uh, uh what like sorer has done with like one version of that but obviously there's like so many different ways that uh, you can like bake input from the real world into a digital asset and uh, i think from an investment perspective what is really interesting is that uh, nfts uh, over the the past uh, year i think have also uh brought like investor interest to areas that uh, were somehow neglected uh, over the past uh, decade at least, and uh, at least since I'm in this industry. So we are like speaking about, uh, you know, uh, art, about like, just like, uh, obviously, and that has not only been driven by NFTs, but also like platforms like Substack and others around like, just like the creator economy and like all the potential there and NFTs being one additional tool that can enable creators to capture more value out of like their audience and engage with like their audience in uh, other like meaningful ways. But also now, I mean, uh, to be honest, uh, I'm like looking now at like companies that are innovating around like fashion and like NFTs and it's been an area that uh, for me I haven't been at all looking at uh, but uh, it's really interesting to see how like with uh, uh, such a piece of technology you get investors like myself that might not have like really looked at opportunities around art, fashion, even gaming and other areas um, really to like just like see that there are opportunities in ways that uh, uh, we were like just not able to comprehend until recently so yeah just uh, looking forward uh, today to like dig a bit further into some of those areas
0: thanks for the detailed uh, answer uh, i want to, to to stay a bit on the cultural uh, side of things um um, in all the opportunities that um, you, you are uh, looking at uh, as an investor, uh, you were mentioning the creator economy, you were mentioning uh, fashion. Um, but is there like a, a common thing binding all those uh, stories together? Is it like, a, again, a kind of a transfer of property? Uh, um, or is it uh, the fact to be able to sell more directly to consumer, to users, to clients, to customers? Is that something that uh, just uh, is at the backbone of every single NFT story?
1: So I think at least for for us at Seedcamp, where we find that really interesting is around like how NFTs allow some kind of like creator or IP owner to engage in novel ways with. Like the market with like the their audience there, and that's what is really motivating our interest in the space. I do believe that uh, you know there are like a lot of like other opportunities also around NFTs that might come up down the line, and uh, you might have like NFTs like being issued for financial assets and for like you know in the world of like real estate etc um probably at this point like those areas like that uh well, like slightly less interested in and i think that uh, those areas also come with uh, more like complexity around like some of like their uh, legal implications and how like you can also like bridge like the like kind of comp- complex word of like, you know, real estate or financial assets to the world of NFTs. But right now, I think that uh, where we see like some of the low hanging fruits, it's uh, around like kind of creating meaningful engagement between some kind of like creators and their audience. And that's what really gets us excited at this stage.
0: Okay, I get um, uh, maybe I want to to continue a bit on uh, what's happening now um, in the nft let's say value chain uh, we see a lot of uh, things uh, happening on the creator side on the um, on, let's say on the um, on the, on the, on the on the infrastructure that uh, helps and enables uh, creators to sell and to talk directly to, uh, to their customers. Are we still missing a part of the value chain? Uh, a lot uh, of talks are uh, uh, mentioning the fact that uh, at the moment uh, when you become a, an NFT owner, it's difficult for you to um, to um, to live from uh, what you own as an NFT. It's difficult for you to showcase uh, your NFTs, to maybe to lend your NFTs, to display your NFTs somewhere. Um, you, you may say, obviously, uh, that's normal because we are very early on the, in the NFT space, but uh, are you still uh, seeing something missing at the moment, uh, even though it's at uh, the very infancy of the story? But uh, is there part of the value chain that is still missing, which is necessary to uh, propel the NFT uh, story much further and, and much faster?
1: Uh... Yeah. So, I mean, I think, you know, at the end, uh, when, when it comes to like the growth of NFTs to some extent, it's like just like dependent or so on like the adoption of like crypto and blockchain in general i mean obviously you have teams like the one at sorare that are like trying to like abstract to the maximum like the complexity of the blockchain but obviously just like having more and more people like getting used to dealing with like a decentralized wallet and then like getting on board on some of like the platforms that already exist to- today to like very easily mint uh like digital file on the blockchain and then from there like start to think about like okay what do i want to do out of like this like nft uh, do i want like to list it for like selling it if yes how do i want to like bake some rules into that nft so that potentially i get also access to like some of the cash flows down the line etc and i think on that front there's a lot that has been already done and you have like now a lot of like marketplaces popping up and uh, you know, like on the marketplace side on its own, I mean, you see uh, quite a lot of like different platforms taking a different strategy from like the ones that are very much uh, trying to uh, be like, you know, like the eBay of NFTs and like there I'm thinking about platforms like OpenSea, for example, or even like uh, maybe a Rarible where like very much like, anyone can list like their NFTs and like they become like pretty much like the gateway to like kind of like see like every single like kind of NFTs that is out there to other platforms like maybe Foundation or like Nifty getaway or Super Rare that have like taken more of an approach of like very much like curating like the supply. So on those platforms, they, they would like try to like Take a more like kind of opinionated uh, stand on like okay these are like the criteria for like the the creators that will like issue NFT and list NFTs for sale on on our platform, and then you even have like you know uh, on like the kind of like consumption side of thing a few like interesting things already happening in like just like virtual worlds like decentralized etc. but I do think that on that end, that's an area where we see a lot of uh, innovation still. Because uh, I think that right now, it's still like quite like kind of like constrained what you can do out of those NFTs and like how you can also display them. Because at the end of the day, I mean, uh, uh, a lot of like also what like NFTs like kind of uh, play to or like just like, you know, very much like, Human like desire to show like social status, etc. And on that end, I believe that right now you uh, d- are only seeing like the first hints of like where this could go. And uh, yes, you have already like in uh, uh, like virtual worlds like decentralized like museums of NFTs, etc. Where like you would go in a, in a like kind of real world museum you can go there and see like the collections of like various nft owners but i think that on that end there's a much more that there's much more that can be done and uh, y- there's no like real like yet um kind of like social app for example where you can in a a very like kind of like fun way, showcase the NFTs that you own, maybe the NFTs that you're interested in. And uh, I think that uh, I was seeing quite recently that uh, there is uh, this company called Nifty's taking a bit like kind of like this concept with like trying to very much position itself as like the Instagram of NFTs, where yes, you could like kind of like showcase your collection of NFTs, but you can also just like follow other owners follow like their like NFTs, et cetera, and like create a bit more of a social feed around NFTs. So that would be one additional way to basically make, uh, consume those NFTs and like also showcase like the, the NFTs you own. But I think that on that end, we, we are like at the very start. And that's what is exciting here, is that uh, because of like the portability of those NFTs. You can literally like imagine anything in terms of like where those NFTs could be used and like how they could be consumed. I think that uh, going back to the Sorare use case, I mean that's what I, I find absolutely amazing is to see such a early stage company already having like truly built an ecosystem. And uh, I think that VC's love to refer to like platform play, and they want like every startup back to like potentially one day become a platform but i think that in, here in the case of so you see already that uh, in less than like 18 months after going live the the company is delivering on this mission of being a platform because of uh, the portability of those cards that they issue that can then be used in all kind of like different Universes, and that's actually, actually, I think, the one of like the, the most interesting uh, thing that NFTs unleash is the fact that uh, yes, like for example, going uh, still back to the case of Sorare, like Sorare might like kind of like uh, issue those cards, and they they might like also create games through which you can use those cards. But then, as a developer, you can like just like kind of. Uh, Let your your creativity play and you can then use the same cards and build other like just gaming mechanisms on top of them. And that's, I think, really exciting. And that's why I think on that end, we are very much in the early days of uh, what what we can do in terms of uh, consuming those NFTs and interacting with them.
0: Okay very clear thank you very much Sia uh, don't hesitate uh, to uh, to ask a question uh, Nathaniel uh, you're uh, privately uh, telling me that uh, I should check Showtime do you know Showtime Sia uh, Apparently it's a so French no- uh, company
1: No I actually don't know Showtime so yeah I would love to check them
0: <laughs> Do you want uh, Nathaniel to uh, to talk a bit about Showtime
1: Yeah Showtime um, so it has been created like I think in 2019 by a French guy called Alex Masmej, And I think now he's in in the Valley uh, scaling it. (laughs) Uh, But yeah, that's a French company. And that's a a social media platform to showcase your NFTs and to create that link between the community and the creators. And um, yeah, that's the idea. So definitely check them out. They are awesome. Yeah, I'm just checking them now. No, thanks a lot, Nathaniel. I will definitely... Uh, take a closer look at what they are building there. I think we will see much more on that front. So yeah, that's definitely an exciting area if you are like building around NFTs.
0: We were talking about a culture, about uh, owning NFTs, about uh, social status. Um, Is there um, an opportunity as well as an NFT owner um, not to to be in such a situation where you would like to showcase what you have as NFT, but you just want to keep them for yourself? In this case, what would be the point of having an NFT collection?
1: Yeah, I mean, so I think that that uh, brings us to like, the um, potential like, you know, yield or so that like an NFT can generate. And uh, that's like basically down to like the actual utility of this NFT and what can you do out of it? And uh, if, uh, you know, like right now I would uh, just like kind of uh, keep my uh, Sorare collection of cards secret, they will still have like huge value for me because basically the, the, the like kind of like uh, uh, publisher, so in this case Sorare, but also other platforms have like created mechanisms that would like reward me for like just like kind of using those cards in like different ways. So in the case of like Sorare, most of those mechanisms are around like fantasy football, but uh, there are other games out there that uh, allow you to do other things with like those NFTs. So uh, you have uh, maybe come across uh, recently about, uh, yeah, I see like their references of Gods Unchained. I mean, there's Axis Infinity. Uh, there is Zedron, which is a pretty fun one around the uh, horse racing. So I think that uh, th- there is obviously like that uh, aspect of uh, just like enough uh, social status, etc. But uh, I believe that already quite a few of like the NFTs out there are being used to generate additional revenue and like also uh, just uh, uh, basically like kind of like entertain you through like kind of participating to those games etc and that that's I think like a, a really really cool thing when uh, you go beyond just like kind of like the the like showcasing of the nft and how like potentially the nft can unlock more and I think that uh, on that uh, on that side, you also see that, uh, uh, for example, when it comes to like creators and artists, etc., how like by owning an NFT, they would like give you access to uh, uh, potential like kind of perks or like access to like uh, uh, even like uh, uh, specific communities or like just even to their time. And I think that's hugely exciting and. Uh, the, and uh, I'm, I'm apologizing for that because I would keep referring to SORERC, which is obviously the project I know the best but uh, I think that's just, uh, the direction that uh, things could uh, could go for a platform like them in the sense that uh, they are very much like thinking about how when you have like the fans, the players, the clubs on one platform how can you create more meaningful ties and interactions between the different groups? And you could imagine one day that the owners of like the Kylian Mbappe card will have, you know, once a year access to uh, like just uh, uh, maybe a Zoom call with Kylian. If like they are the owner of the unique card of Mbappe, maybe even it's an in-person meeting that they will have with him or. Maybe it will be a season ticket for like the club where he plays. And there's a lot of things like that that you can imagine that I think are, are quite exciting and are not yet out there. But uh, th- that's definitely an area where I think there is a lot of potential for innovation.
0: Because um, in the background of my question, there was also this uh, concept of uh, being emotional about uh, the NFTs uh, you would own. Um, Obviously, in the real world, uh, you have seen a lot of uh, collectionists uh, not uh, being so much emotional about the things they they would own. Uh, But is it something that is replicable in the NFT space or is it um, a, a mindset that is enhancing in the NFT space where people more and more would be uh, disconnected with the emotions of uh, owning nfts i think there is kind of this decoupling between emotion and owning nfts which is um which is uh let's say enhanced uh, through this uh, technology so what what's your take about uh, being emotional about uh, nfts you would own because you have uh, much more access to collecting things so maybe uh, you would uh, hop in hop off on things you would own and then just uh, see the, let's say not uh, the emotional value of owning NFT, but just the transactional value or potential yield value. So what's your take about uh, this emotional aspect?
1: Yeah, I mean, I think that, uh, you know, that there is like uh, definitely an emotional aspect like owning NFTs. I mean, you see just uh, how like, you know, on rare like people start to like just uh, follow football clubs that they were not really caring about before, how they start to engage on like social media with like the footballer that is on that card they bought, even if like they didn't really know that footballer in the past. And so I think that there are like definitely uh, like ways like that NFTs like kind of like just uh, uh, trigger emotional engagement with like the creator or with uh, also uh, other Owner of uh, um, similar cards, etc. So, I think like generally, what is really interesting with NFTs is that they allow creators to capture value in a different way. And uh, already, like you know, the the first thing that uh, is uh, key is that they allow you to free yourself from like the platforms that uh, I would say in uh, Web 2.0 were like pretty much like kind of capturing most of the value, and they allow. The creator to directly engage with the fan and you have already like those type of mechanisms on like the likes of patron, substack, etc. But on the likes of Patreon or Substack, you would like sell a subscription that is basically priced the same way for people who like you and for your biggest fan in the world. When with like NFTs, you can issue as a creator different like type of assets that allow you to like maximize the value you would capture uh from like your your fans and so there might be you know uh cards of uh of like uh, nba uh, moments on like top shots that are sold for a few dollars and others that are sold for a few hundred thousand dollars and uh, there might even be uh cards on so rare of the same player that are sold for like Uh, significantly different prices but that allows you to basically make sure you're capturing value from to the maximum of like what each of your fan or follower is is ready to 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 like pay for for engaging with your brand with your with like your your art your creations etc so i think that that's like uh, something that is that is really interesting and uh I think even like just like quickly going back to um, the question you were asking before, Raf. Uh, I mean, there's another area that I'm quite excited about when it comes to like the consumption and sharing of like those NFTs is when you start to think about the intersection of like NFT and AR and like how you can also uh, start like kind of uh, showcasing uh, those goods Uh, through like traditional platforms like Instagram and Snap and others. And so there are also teams uh, including uh, the one at uh, Artifact, for example, that are building really interesting stuff uh, on that side. And and that's, I think, also quite exciting area when it comes to just like kind of uh, uh, showcasing and consuming those NFTs.
0: Okay, thanks. Uh, maybe Kirtanen, you'd like to expand a bit uh, on what you've said about using NFT for marketing. Do you have something to, to say about it? Uh,
2: yeah, I was just talking in the chat. Um, but yeah, so I don't raise my hand. Oh, uh, yeah. So just, um, yeah, like, oh, no, I, I think, yeah, I think definitely the uh, rights aspect. I think um, I felt like it felt like the most uh, real use I've seen um, of the NFTs because of like, um like i mean i i've seen the nft market where they've been selling like you know artwork and so on but um yeah i just i just saw i just saw one application basically where you know spatial web which has like a sort of like a 3d space um on the internet where you can interact with people you can have an nft wallet which uh, you can carry anywhere so for example you can go to an event uh, maybe scan a uh, qr code get an nft then keep that NFT in your wallet and maybe use it at an event which is virtual, possibly. And um, because of the traceability, for example, let's say um, someone gives you a Coke in a virtual event, you could take it to the real world, and that NFT could have like maybe a thing which will change saying that you've used it, and you could refer free friends, for example. And I I think that that was a really cool application. Um, Actually, I had a question, which um, was, um, you know, when investing in like these kind of new um, sort of Things where you know there's, there's definitely a little bit of hype and so on and about it, but um, as like from a business point of view, when um, you see something that's new like this, you know hasn't happened in you know history where you can compare the business model to a previous business model. Um, what kind of like when when you were when like Seedcamp itself was investing in um, this uh, so rare, um, like did you go about it like a video game? Like did you think about it? Like I mean, how how would you sort of uh, value a business? Um, that's, you know, um, it looks like an improvement as an extension. Like what kind of, um, yeah, business model um, would you look at to value something that's, uh, yeah. use NFT like that?
1: Yeah, sure. No, it's a, it's a good question. Um, I think that uh, when uh, we looked at SoRare initially, th- there were a few things that uh, I think made the investment uh, easier for me. One was uh, the, the fact that uh, I think that SoRare was like, kind of like obviously yes leveraging a very very novel technology but they were also leveraging just uh, mechanisms that people are very familiar with and uh, when i say people i mean both like the football clubs as well as like the fans you know so on the football club side of thing obviously like the licensing model that uh, Sora has is one that they are very familiar with it's one that they they use uh, uh, for like basically uh, just uh, licensing all types of different goods and obviously thinking even like uh, closer to to like Sora I mean you can just like make parallels with uh, the, the FIFA game series or even like the panini cards, et cetera. So th- there are definitely like some pretty strong parallels there, that like mean that uh, for the football clubs, you could see how you know it would be definitely challenging to get them to sign those agreements. But in terms of like education, around the business model, et cetera, it was a pretty straightforward one. And that, that was definitely powerful. Uh, then obviously uh, Nico had like to do a lot of work to just like kind of back in uh, 2019, uh, start explaining to those folks uh, why there was value for them in that. But obviously it's always easier to say, trust me, if like you can show that uh, there is some pretty clear money and relatively low risk here for the football clubs to engage with you. And on the other end, uh, so for the, the fans and like the Kind of, like, uh, gaming mechanism that uh, uh, Sora and the team were developing. I think what was uh, really interesting for me was the fact that uh, from day one, they were very much thinking about it as not just like the collection aspect of it, but about the gaming layer on top. And that gaming layer is one where, you know, if you think about fantasy football, because that's like basically the gaming mechanism they, they've been using. I mean, just in the UK, you have 10 million players of like uh, fantasy uh, Premier League uh, just like kind of like uh, subscribing every year to like build their team and compete with their friends. So on that end also, it was like just a, a kind of like mechanism that uh, would not require too much ex- education of uh, of like uh, the, the fans. So obviously, yes, you needed to like kind of... Uh, explain them some of the specificities of fantasy football through so rare the fact that uh, it was uh, from day one a global fantasy football that uh, you had to like kind of uh, get those cards to then like kind of uh, register your teams etc but i mean definitely it made it less uh, less scary than if like uh, uh, the the team was coming and pitching us like something around like a totally novel NFT game that had no parallel with what black like, people were used to. And uh, then I think uh, that uh, in terms of like the the business model, I mean, to be honest, it's a, it's a pretty simple one and it's an extremely lucrative one for all the parties involved because in terms of like the business model, basically just like kind of like taking uh, uh, the the same like licensing models that like those clubs have in place it means that uh, when you're issuing those goods like the platform, so in this case so rare can take uh, a close to 90% cut and the rest will like go to the clubs and uh, obviously it, it what is like pretty like kind of attractive here is that the cost of issuing those cards is very limited I mean you might have like some gas cost there for like just like Minting the card, but uh, the the cost is extremely limited, and uh, then you have also the possibility to like monetize the secondary market, which is also extremely interesting. And uh, from there, you can obviously down the line even imagine like other monetization streams, etc. So I think that uh, just like the the fact that the, the the team was innovating in many ways, but not that much in terms of like the core mechanisms of like the game they were developing that was quite important for us and fantasy football or to some extent even like fifa games with like fifa ultimate team etc have like this magical aspect where it's not like your traditional gaming studio and actually to to be fair we are not very used to invest in gaming at sitcam because at the stage we invest it's very early and uh, difficult to judge of the success of a gaming studio because we would like often have nearly no data to uh, judge of like if uh, there is something special going on. And with any gaming studio, even if you invest uh, at the round after us, there is always this challenge of, uh, uh, you know, not knowing if this is a one hit game studio or if this uh, uh, team has like the ability to like just like, Game after game, just because they have like maybe some like gaming mechanisms that they've developed that are quite unique to like across like a different like just like games like very much be successful. And so here, like what was like quite reassuring was so is that with fantasy football and even more with Sorare, where like the cards can be used from one year to the other. I mean, literally, like there is no reason for people to to like turn because. I mean, it's a mechanism where, like, you you see, like, you know, people like buying uh, just, uh, um, like, you know, panini cards for for like uh, years and years. You see also people competing in fantasy leagues year after year, and there is this like just like natural renewal of the game because those football players will change clubs. The like, you know, Jersey would change, the player would like get older, et cetera, et cetera. And so that that was also a very, very attractive aspect for me.
2: Yeah. That yeah, it, yeah, that 100% uh, makes a lot of sense actually now I think about it. Cause um, yeah, like it, it, as an industry, like, you know, this card collecting for sort of business has always been like something that's existed even before the technology has been there. Um, and, uh, actually, sorry, I've got a well, question I was gonna ask. Um, like, oh, sorry, I was gonna ask. Oh, yeah, yeah. So, do you know, like, the success of, like, Coinbase and um, various platforms, like, is it, do you think, um, like, making some sort of, like, safe location for, um, like, general consumers to feel like they are able to, sort of, access the comp- complex technologies, like, something that's really important nowadays? Like, is that, like, this, what your slot sign of scenes kind of pitch text for things that use these kinds of things? Because, yeah, because they're more willing to put the money in and so on. Yeah. Um, yeah.
1: Totally. I mean, that was also... A crucial part of, uh, of Nico's speech that I really liked. I mean, having uh, already when we invested uh, in, in Sora, looked a bit at the crypto space and, uh, you know, we, we made out of like the 400 companies we have in the portfolio, we have like four that like would like qualify as like crypto companies. And each of those are extremely different. But what they have in common is that from our point of view, they were like bits of that crypto ecosystem that from a timing perspective made sense at the time we invested in. So they were like a bit like foundational building blocks that we thought like were quite interesting for like just like more mass adoption of crypto. And with Sorare, it was like that angle of, you know, if if you want like everyone out there to start to get their hands on crypto, Gaming is probably a great mechanism to get that adoption because, you know, if you make things playful, if you abstract the complexity away from like the technology behind and Nico was very much, even if his background and the one of his co-founder Adrian is in the world of crypto, he was very much like set from day one on like the fact that he was not building that for the crypto audience.
0: Thank you for listening to this trailer. And if you'd like to listen to the full episode, please subscribe to our newsletter called Venture Notes. It is free and amongst a few other things, such as discount codes to events and tools. You get early access to our upcoming podcast agenda and full replays. See you very soon on Venture Notes, venturenotes.co.